Hello, and welcome to Breadcrumbs, where it is our mission to minister enough breadcrumbs to provoke your hunger for the bread of life, Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining. Hello, everyone. Uh, May the peace and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be unto you. I am excited about uh, going into this last uh, episode of season one, and I am excited about the future and uh, what I believe the Lord has kind of put up upon me to uh, to step into in the next season of uh, hosting spiritual conversations with guests. Uh, there may be some solo things in the next season, but I'm really uh, feeling geared towards some spiritual conversations, episodes with just having conversations with others uh, and discussing things that are on our hearts and minds uh, alike. That We can discuss a topic together and in the time of discussing that topic, just dropping uh, breadcrumbs. For the hearers, I'm very excited about that, and um, I'm excited about this last episode in season one. Uh, so, we've been doing this series about being called to the light, and I am on the last part of that, and uh, we're going to talk about becoming a light. Uh, the last portion is becoming a light. So, um, we're going to. Uh, step into that. Um, again, I, I thank everyone uh, for listening. Thank everyone for uh, giving me your time. It takes time to listen to a podcast, so I appreciate that. And um, I, I want to be a blessing. And I want to follow the Holy Ghost in everything that I do. And I want to be a blessing to the people of God and feed uh, his sheep the best way that I can and feed breadcrumbs to the hearers. Um, and, and for me personally, I, I have a, a kind of a problem. I like to teach very in-depth. That's that's just kind of how uh, I'm geared, and I believe how the Lord made me, and I believe the Lord is trying to use this podcast uh, to teach me something and to uh, help me to where I can teach deep, but I can also just plant seed or feed breadcrumbs. Uh, because sometimes uh, he don't intend for us to feed the whole loaf to someone. He intends for us to drop breadcrumbs to provoke their hunger, to do their own study, and to get the whole loaf for themselves. But I, uh, I tend to end up uh, feeding the whole loaf to someone if they'll let me. And uh, it's probably why when he spoke uh, the direction for this to me, uh, he spoke the the title breadcrumbs. And it is because he's trying to teach me how to feed breadcrumbs instead of just the whole loaf. Uh, there may be times that to feed the whole loaf. And I thank God that he put that in me to teach very in depth. I love teaching in depth. But I, I do believe he's trying to use this to teach me another aspect of ministry 
and to just feed breadcrumbs at times. Um, so throughout this last season, I have I have kind of taught in depth. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Um, but I am trying to transition and do what he want what he wants me to do in feeding breadcrumbs uh, for the remainder of this podcast and um, the life of this podcast. So I'm trying to get my mindset uh, set up right or geared right and do what he wants me to do. So in this last um, episode, I am not going to try to go very deep per se. I'm just going to kind of drop the scriptures and kind of expound uh, where I believe he has led me. And I'm, I'm maybe saying that for my benefit more than it is yours, that I am not going uh, to go in depth, very in depth. I am going to uh, feed some breadcrumbs. So God bless you. Welcome. And uh, amen. Let's get into this. I, I'm talking about becoming a light. So again, the series is called to the light. We are called to the light. We are called to the light and we are to become a light. So I'm going to open with first Peter chapter two, starting at verse nine uh, and going through the verse 12. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh my God, that, that's, I, I felt the power of the Lord uh, just reading that. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people. Why? Why are we those things? That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's about giving glory and praise unto God. And we are a, a people that he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. And that word conversation is not uh, just your speech. That word conversation, it means your lifestyle, the man, your manner of life. Having your lifestyle, having your manner of life honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So that's uh, the scripture I'm going to open up with, and, and we're going to wrap back to that towards the end here. But, um, amen, just bear with me here. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world, and we have went over that in these past episodes, that Jesus is the light of the world. In John 8 and 12, Jesus says that I am the light of the world, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
John 9. Uh, in John 9, chapter, uh, excuse me, verses 4 through 5, uh, Jesus says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, as long as he is in the world, he is the light of the world. And that he is the light of the world, and he that follows him shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I want you to to remember that that phrase right there at the end, but shall have the light of life. Okay, Jesus says that he is the light of the world. As long as he is in the world, he's the light of the world. So in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says something else. Now he's saying, I'm the light of the world. I am the light. I am the light of the world. And But in Matthew 5, starting at verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So Jesus says that you are the light of the world. And we are to shine. We are to let our light shine before men. We're not supposed to hide it. We're not supposed to put it under a bushel. We're not supposed to put it under the bed. We are supposed to put the light of life. We are not in darkness, but we have the light of life. And it is in us. And so we are a city. Uh, As the church, we are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid, cannot be hid, cannot be hid. If there is, if there, <laughs> if there is a church in a city that, uh, uh, that is not recognized. And when I, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a building. Uh, obviously when you're driving through a city and you see a building with a steeple, you are, uh, you automatically assume that this is a church. This is um, a, a church, but the reality of it is, the church is not a building, not not in the slightest, not a building. The church is not a building. That is not biblical. And uh, I have begun to try my best to change my terminology because I want to be as close to the terminology in the Word of God as possible. So I do not refer to. Uh, our building as the church. I call it the church house, the meeting house, the church house, uh, because I want to be very distinct in the fact that I know a building is not the church. A building is not the house of God. We are the house of God. We are built together as a habitation of God through the spirit. We are the temple of the living God. Uh, we are the house of God. We are the church. The word church is ecclesia. Uh, it means uh, the called out ones, the citizens, the assembly of the people that are the citizens, the called out ones. We are the church. We are the church. 
The people are the church. So I'm not talking about a building. You ride through a city, you see a building with a steeple, and you you know, okay, that's a, a building, a church. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about a church, a church. If there is a church in a city that is hid, men can't find it. The lost can't see it. Those that are in darkness cannot see the light of it. That church is under the radar. The people, I'm talking about the people. They're under the radar. They are not expressing the love of God, the life of Christ, the righteousness of Jesus. They are not living out the life of Christ. They are not reaching after the lost. They are not proclaiming the word, the good news, the gospel. They are a city that is hid. They're They're not the light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, cannot be hid. The real church of Jesus Christ, if it's a real church, because yes, there are false churches, 100%. Read the book. There's false churches. If it's a real church, it can't be hid. Cannot. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. That would be foolish. And there's another portion of scripture. He says they don't put it under the bed. That would be foolish. Why would you light a candle and stick it under a bed? Stick, it, stick a vessel over it. The point of the candle is to give light to the house. So you light the candle, you put it on a candlestick. So it gives light to all that are in the house. So let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works, glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So how do I let my light shine before men? They see my good works. They see my good works. Good works does not save us. Not in the slightest. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, And you you he hath quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we had our conversation. Again, that's lifestyle, our manner of life in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we're not saved through works. We're saved by the grace of God. Jesus Christ is the grace of God. The blood of Christ, the broken body of Christ is the grace of God. Him giving you his spirit. The fact that because his body was broken, his blood was shed, I can have forgiveness of sins in his name, which is by having faith in his name and putting that faith into action by being baptized in his name 
as per Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, and he will fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is the gift of God. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The Holy Ghost is the gift. It is the gift of the Holy Ghost. He gives you a gift. His Spirit is a gift. You didn't earn it. There's nothing you did. Uh, Again, continuing, the next verse says, says, uh, not of works, least any man should boast. You didn't earn the Spirit of God. It's by His grace, through your faith, when you come to faith in the gospel, the way that faith is expressed, put into action, because faith is always obedience, as per James chapter 2, and as per Hebrews chapter 11, faith is always expressed or worked out in obedience. No ifs, ands, and buts. Faith is not a mental acknowledgement. Faith is action. It is an obedience to the word of God. So by grace, by the grace of God, the gospel of what Jesus has done, by his grace, we're saved through faith. Because of what he did, I have faith in what he did, so therefore I put it into action by obedience. That obedience is Acts chapter 2, verse 38. I repent of my sins. I'm baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of my sins, and I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I didn't do anything to earn that. Jesus paid the price so that I could have that, so I could have his righteousness. His righteousness can be imputed to me or transferred to me by faith in him. And again, that faith is I'm going to obey the gospel. I'm going to believe in his name to save me and obey it in repentance and being baptized in his name for the forgiveness of my sin. And at that time, his righteousness is transferred to me and I am forgiven of sin. And then he will give me the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, eternal life. That is, the spirit is the life. It is the eternal life. Uh, It's the breath of the eternal life. So there's nothing I did to earn that. Jesus did the work. I obeyed it. I believed it and I obeyed it. And he gave me this gift. So it's not of works, least any man should boast. But verse 10, it continues. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The word of God says, behold, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are a new creature in Christ, the Bible says. So we are, we receive this gift. We're made righteous because of Christ. We receive this gift of the Spirit. And then we become his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So, does work save us? No. No, it does not. The blood of Christ saves us. What Jesus did saves us, his resurrection, and then our obedience in faith to the gospel. We have to obey our obedience. And so when we receive this gift, then that gift, the Spirit, begins to work in us. It begins to create us into a new creature. We are born again. We are 
rebirth. And he begins to create us into a new creature. And we become his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good works don't save us. We do good works because we are saved. Good works is not what delivers us from sin. Good works is a result of us being delivered from sin. My God. (laughs) Good works is because I am saved. Good works is because I am delivered. It is a... It is a, uh, a, a symptom or a evidence that I have been delivered from my dark deeds. Good works, good works is not uh, is not just being nice to people. Uh, good works is not just going to cut somebody's grass or or uh, uh, having food available for the homeless. Uh, all those things are good, but that is not what good works is in the word of God. That's not, that's not what it described. Good works is obedience. Good works is obedience to God. Good works is living a life of faith and obedience to God. That's good works. When Abraham climbed that mountain to lay his son Isaac on an altar because God said so, That was good works. It was obedience. That word good works, it means, if you look up the uh, Greek words, it means beneficial toil. It's beneficial. It's a beneficial work. My obedience to God is beneficial. Everything he tells me to do is beneficial. Good works. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Good works is our obedience to God. It's our obedience to God. So, Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. City set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but they put it on a candlestick that it may give light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the way I let my light shine before men is not by me just being nice to people. It's not by me just feeding the homeless. And, and you can do things with, you can do all the right things with the wrong motives and you're, you're wrong in the eyes of God. So it really doesn't matter what you're doing. Uh, if it's with the wrong motives, you're wrong in the eyes of, it's not good work. Good work is a result of faith and obedience. It's obedience to the word of God. It's obedience to what Jesus is telling you to do. So by me being obedient to him and living my life in obedience to the word of God and living my life, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. So by living my life that I love Jesus, that that's the motive. The motive is not look at me, look at how spiritual I am, or look at my good works. That, that's, that's No, that's a wrong motive. If you're feeding the homeless, but you have not love, you you have nothing. This is what Paul said. 
He said, if I speak with the tongues of angels and men, but I have not love, I'm a sounding brass and clanking cymbal. I, he said, if I have prophecy and all these gifts, but I have not love, I'm nothing. He said, if I give my life to be burned as a martyr, but I have not love, I have no benefit. The correct motive is love. Always. Always. And we talked about that in, last, in the last episode. The correct motive is always love. It will always be love. And so my love for Jesus is I am obedient to him. If you love me, you will keep my commands. So I love him. And out of my love for him, I am obedient to him. I walk in faith, which is obedience. And by me walking in faith, I am producing good works. I am the workmanship in Christ Jesus, and I am walking in good works, or uh, I am created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has ordained for me to walk in them. Because I love Jesus, and I am obedient to him. And so by me being obedient to him, there is beneficial toil coming out of me. Because I'm just being obedient to him. And by my Lord, I feel I feel the spirit of the Lord. And because I'm being obedient to him, that light is shining. It's not because I have a soup kitchen every Monday. If I have a soup kitchen every Monday, but I don't love them, I, I'm nothing. The light's not even shining. The good works is the fact that I am doing this in obedience and love. I I love God and I love others and 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 I produce uh, the character of Jesus Christ. I love him and he begins to produce his life in me. He produces his life in me and he loves others through me and that light begins to shine. But if I take what he's given me, which is the Holy Ghost and the spirit has the capability and desire to produce the life of Christ in us, to produce the character of Jesus Christ in us, the love of Christ. But then I take that and I put it under a bed. I stick it under a bushel. I cover it with a vessel. And I don't let that light shine. I, 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 I don't walk in obedience, faith and obedience. And I cover up what was given to me. I am of no benefit. How foolish is that? How foolish is it to have a light in me and then just cover it up for no one to see? I'm not obedient to God. The, Paul said, if our gospel is hid, it is hid unto them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them. Least the glorious light of the gospel of Christ should shine unto them. They should believe and be saved. Huh? So if I'm not obedient to God, I'm not letting my light shine. I have to be obedient to him. I have to operate in love. And I have to be obedient. I have to preach the word of God. The love of God will constrain me to preach the gospel to every creature. The love of God will constrain me to love others, to treat others with respect. 
to love my enemy, to be merciful to my enemy, to pray for my enemy, to pray for them that hate me, and to bless them that curse me, to feed my enemy when he's hungry, and to give him drink when he's thirsty. Therefore, you should be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. You'll be the children of God. That is good works. That's good works. It's operating in love to God and to others. You love him, so you keep his commands. You're obedient to him. And then you let him love others through you. And he produces his life in you. Again, what did the scripture say at the beginning? John 8 and 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. His life will be produced in me, and it will shine light to others. It will shine light to to others. So the light shines through two ways, words and works. Again, when I talk about works from here on out, understand what I'm talking about is obedience to God. It's living a lifestyle pleasing to God in obedience to him. That's what works is. So light shines through words and works. Jesus said many times, he said, if you didn't, if you don't believe me, look at the works that I do. And he said that these are not of myself, but it is the father that dwelleth in me. And he also said that the words, words that he spoke of him, uh, the words that he spoke were not of himself, but of the father that dwelleth in him. And Jesus said in John 14 and 12, that those that believe in him, the works that he does, shall they do also and greater works because he goes to the father. What works? Yeah, he healed the sick. Yeah, he raised the dead. He also preached the gospel to the poor. He also healed the broken in heart. He operated in love and obedience to the Father. That was the works. He operated in love and obedience to the Father. So the works that he does, we'll do also. So Luke chapter 8 and verse 16 says, No man, when he's lighted a candle, covers it with a vessel, puts it under a bed, but sets it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. Jesus said, I can't, I can't hide it. I've got to let it shine. I have got to let the works, uh, let my light shine before men that they may see my good works, my, my obedience, my love and obedience to God. Why? Again, Matthew five, why? And they will glorify your father which is in heaven. It has nothing to do about you because you were obedient to God. Listen to that. Because you were obedient to God, the person standing on a bridge about to jump off and take their life, 
But the Lord speaks to you and says, stop here, go to this bridge, go to this person. They're contemplating suicide. Minister to them. And you obey God. You find that blonde-headed young man or young woman wearing a green shirt, however the Lord directed you to it, to that person. And you grab them and you say, the Lord sent me here because you're contemplating suicide and you're thinking about jumping off of this bridge. They may not even look like they're thinking about it. I mean, it may be a bridge that people walk, you know, walk. And they may just be walking. But you grab them. The Lord sent me. You're contemplating suicide thinking about jumping off this bridge. The Lord wants you to know there's another way. You don't have to do that. He wants to restore you. He wants to heal you. And because of your obedience, which is good work, that person will glorify your father. He's not going to glorify you. He's going to glorify the God that sent you. (laughs) That's good works. That's so much more than just uh, having a soup kitchen for the homeless. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about real good works, obedience to God. That light will shine. But if if you hide the light, it's hid to them that are lost. You don't obey. You don't go to that bridge. You don't approach that person. They jump off the bridge and kill themselves. Why? Because you stuck the candle under the bed and did not give the light to the house. A church that can be in a city and the city doesn't even know that church exists. And I'm not talking about the city uh, knowing the name of a particular church. I'm not talking about this city, uh, you know, a a church being well known in a city for their name or uh, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm talking about the people of God in that church. They're not ministering to others. They're not obeying what God is giving them to do. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. If, if that light is in us and shining through us, that church can't be hid, cannot be hid. The city's going to know it in some way, in some fashion. Again, it may not know the, the name of the church or, you know, but it's going to know the people. It is going to know the people. Amen. So Romans chapter 13 says, and that knowing the time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we, when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us cast off the works of darkness. So again, your good works, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works. So what am I casting off? The works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly in the day as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. What's that? Works of darkness. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. 
So by me putting off the works of darkness, putting on the armor of light, by me being obedient to God, not giving uh, provision for the flesh, but I put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I do not give provision to my flesh to fulfill the lust thereof, I am walking in the light. I am shining the light. I have cast off the works of darkness. Paul said to cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light, and walk honestly. The Greek word there, not even going to try to pronounce it, uh, um, but the Greek word means decorously or honorably or noble. It means to bear oneself in a suitable fashion in their speech and behavior. That That is uh, how we should walk. We should bear ourselves suitable in a suitable fashion in our speech and our behavior, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, not making provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I should walk different. I should talk different. I should behave different. As the Lord Jesus is working in me, purifying me, sanctifying me, and I am being obedient to him. And so why why am I doing this? As his spirit purifies me and I am obedient to what he's saying. I love him and I'm being obedient to what he's saying. And I am being transformed and changed. I am reflecting his light. I am walking in the light as he walked in the light. I am walking as he walked. He was pleasing to God. He was righteous. And he has given me, through obedience of the gospel, his righteousness. And he has put his spirit in me to sanctify me, to purify me. And so by him shining his light into my life and and exposing my dark deeds, and then I repent of those because I want to do truth and that my works can be made worked in God, wrought in God, then I let his light shine into my life. I take that light into myself and I let it purify me. I clean it's exposing all this darkness. I'm repenting. His spirit is purifying me. And so in so doing, and his light shining onto my life and in me, I then begin to reflect his light. And I begin to walk in a life that is pleasing to God. And that light begins to his light that is now shining into me and onto me begins to reflect to the earth or to the world. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 1, it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. That means if you're a saint of God, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be in fornication and uncleanness and have covetousness in your life. Don't let it even be named among you. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not co- convenient. I uh, encourage you 
to go read that in other versions so you can uh, have maybe another or better understanding of what these things are talking about. Read it in multiple versions. Um, so neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, uh, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covet covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But you uh, be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Four. This is a combining, uh, it means because. This is combining, you are walking, or you are now the light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. And so this is how I walk in light, or this is how I am the light in the Lord, and I walk as a child of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. You are light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever do, doth make manifest is light. Whatsoever doth make manifest is light. So let's, let's read that verse in a couple different versions. The MEV says, But all things are exposed when they are revealed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. The Amplified Classic says, But when anything is exposed and reproved by the light, it is made visible and clear. And where everything is visible and clear, there is light. The NIV says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. The Passion Translation says, Whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct, and everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So by the light of Jesus Christ shining into my life and me taking it in, I am not rejecting it. I am not uh, you know, hiding from it. I want to do truth. I want to repent. I want to walk in the light. So I take it into myself and I let it shine into my life and I let it change me. I let it expose my deeds so I can repent and I begin to live according to what is pleasing to God by the power of the Holy Ghost. But now, again, I'm going back to Ephesians, but now are you light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. How do I do that? The fruit of the Spirit 
is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. By me walking in obedience to God and the Spirit of of God producing the fruit of the Spirit, which is the character of Jesus Christ, by it producing this in me, it is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and it proves what's susceptible to God, what's susceptible to the Lord. It approves it. It, it. it finds out what is acceptable, and it lives that way. And by living a life acceptable unto God, because I'm allowing his light to shine onto me, and by letting his light shine unto me and me repenting from my darkness and living a life now acceptable and pleasing to God because I'm illuminated, I also become a light. Again, the NEV, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. By living out the righteousness of Christ, which is the fruit of the Spirit that is only produced by Christ in us, you are shining the light of Christ. John 15 and 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Philippians 1 and 11, Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, the only way I can have the fruits of righteousness or the fruit of the Spirit is by Jesus Christ, not of myself, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. That kind of sounds like, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Galatians 5, starting at verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, which is humility, temperance, which is self-control. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So, the light of Jesus Christ shines in two ways. The gospel, or slash the word of God being preached, that shines the light. The, the, glory, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. That shines the light. And it also shines by a life lived, uh, a life that is living out in the righteousness of Christ. And the reason I say the righteousness of Christ is because it's not our own righteousness. It is his righteousness that's transferred to us through our obedience of the gospel and the power of his spirit that enables us to do the right things and be pleasing unto God and produce the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the spirit to produce his character. It's like the sun and the moon. We are not the source of the light just as the moon is not the source of its own light. 
The sun is the source of the light. The moon simply reflects the light of the sun. The moon does not have light in and of itself. It's not self-illuminated. The sun is. And so the moon is a light in the dark at nighttime. It is a light. But the light that it shines is not in and of itself. It is simply illuminated by the sun's light. And it reflects the sun's light into the earth on the dark side. So the light that we were, that we shine, again, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But then in Matthew, he said, you are the light of the world. Said he said on the hill cannot be hid. You don't light a candlestick, stick it under a bed or under a bushel. You stick it on a candlestick that it lights up the whole house. Therefore, let your light shine. They may see your good works and glorify your father. So it's not, we're not the source of that light. Jesus is the source of that light. And his light shines onto us. His light shines onto us. And it illuminates us. And it exposes our dark deeds. And we begin to repent of our dark deeds. And because we begin to repent, we begin to let him change us and mold us and shape us and we become not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, and we, we are a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And we're not conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we're able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, what's pleasing to God, because his light is shining on us and we are repenting, and we and he is changing us, and he is conforming us to the image of the sun. So it's his light that's shining, and then we're simply reflecting his light into the earth. We're not the source of that light. He's the source of that light. We're just simply the reflecting. Uh, we're like the moon that's just reflecting his light into the earth. So in order to be the light, I have to reflect the light. I have to reflect his character. I have to produce his fruit. I, I, I have to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. I have to be obedient to him. I have to be obedient to God. I have to be obedient to the word of God. I have to walk in the light as he is in the light. Jesus is still the light of the world by reflecting his light from us into the earth because Jesus is not, he's not out of the world. His body may have ascended to heaven, but now he is the head of the body and he's still in the world through his spirit in his body, which is the church and his light shines on you and on me. And it reflects into the earth. His light still shining. And we become part of that. Just as the moon reflects the light of the sun, so we reflect the light of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus lived out the righteousness of God, he spoke the truth of God. That light, which is the word, shined and exposed the wicked deeds of others. 
And so it is with us. As we live out our lives in Christ's righteousness that he's given to us, and and we proclaim the word of truth, we are reflecting his light into the world and exposing the wicked deeds of others. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up with this last tidbit here. What is the light? When you talk about the light, what is the light? I mean, it pretty much went over that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back it up with some scripture. In John 1 and 4, and if you back up to the beginning of the chapter, in, um, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. Without him was not anything made that was made. Then it gets to verse 4, and in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So what is the light? It's the life. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So the life, the Greek word translated life is Zoe. And Thayer's definition gives this uh, definition of it. The absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. It also says it is the life that is real and genuine, a life that is active and vigorous, devoted to God. So the life that is lived in right relationship with God is, number one, the true life, and it is the light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus lived a life pleasing to God in complete obedience to God. He was the light. He is the light. He lived a life in complete obedience to God, pleasing to God. He never sinned. He's the light. His life in him was the life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they might have life that they might have it more abundantly. And Jesus said in his prayer in John 17 and 3, he says, uh, and this is life eternal. They might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. To know him. To be in right relationship with him. To know him to be in true relationship, to be reconciled to God. That's life. And that life is the light. It's the light. Being pleasing to God, being in obedience to God. That is the light. That is the true life, and that is the light of man. And finally, John writes in uh, 1 John chapter 5 and 20, And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding Number one, what is understanding? That's light. So we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. The life is the light. The life is the light. So the world is going 
to hate you. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said, these things I command to you that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. And he continues, and he gets down to verse 25. He says, but uh, this comes that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. They hated me without a cause. Why did they hate him? Why did they hate Jesus? Because he was the light. Because he lived a life pleasing to God, in obedience to God, in right relationship with God. And, and it shined a light. He lived the true life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. So because he lived a life pleasing and obedient to God, the real life, men that loved darkness rather than light, they hated him. They hated him. What is John 3? John chapter 3 say, Jesus said, uh, starting at verse 19, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest. They are wrought in God. Now, I've went over that in other episodes, that digging into that. But why did, so why did they hate him? Because he was the light. His life in obedience to God, in full submission to God, in living out righteousness and being righteous, that light shined and it exposed how dark the people were around him. And they hated him because that light, as it was, it was shining, was exposing their deeds that they were evil. And so, if us, by obeying the gospel and taking the light into ourselves, we are now reflecting his light, is going to do the same thing. Because I have obeyed the gospel and I have taken his light into me, and now, through his righteousness and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I am living a righteous life. I, I am doing what's pleasing to God. And yes, I may have mess-ups and mistakes and failures at times, but there's, there's repentance still available and the blood of Christ still covers, but I still keep heading towards him. I get up, I dust myself off, and I keep pressing towards the mark. And and I'm living a life that is reflecting the life of God the, or the life of Christ. I am reflecting the real life as being righteous and being in right relationship with God and being pleasing to God and, and, and expelling sin out of my life. 
And so since I'm doing that, it is shining the light on those around me through me preaching the gospel and through me living a life obedient to him. And because I do that and that light shines, the world is going to hate you and they don't have to have a reason for it. Jesus did all these good, man, he healed people. He delivered people. He worked miracles. He just lived a life pleasing to God or obedient to God. And they hated him because he shined the light. He said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you was on of the world, it would love its own, but you're not of the world. I've chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. And he said, remember the word. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. They hated him without a cause. They're going to hate you too. If you, if you are reflecting his light into the earth, into the world. First John chapter three, it says, for this is the message we've heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and slew his brother. And wherefore he slew him because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous because you're doing what's right in the eyes of God. You're living a life obedient to God and those around you are not, they're going to hate you. And then right after that, John says, marvel not my brethren. If the world hate you, he's letting you know, Hey, don't, don't, if the world hates you, that, that even, that shouldn't even surprise you because if you're living a life pleasing to God, those that do not want to, they are going to hate you. Have you, and I, I'm, I'm done right now. I'm finished. Uh, but have you ever had someone say to you, you're judging me, or I feel judged when I'm around you, and you haven't opened your mouth, you haven't said one thing to them about anything that they're doing, nor do you feel that way about them in, in you're not thinking any negative thoughts towards them or about them. Nothing like that. But they feel judged. I'm going to tell you what that is. That's the light of Christ that you're reflecting through your lifestyle, through the fact that you're letting God expose your darkness and you're repenting of it, and now you're reflecting his light into the world and you're proclaiming the word and preaching the gospel to every creature. They are being judged by the light that's being reflected and they're feeling conviction and their dark, their deeds are dark and they do not want them exposed. You're not judging them. You're just reflecting the light of Jesus. But because they don't want their dark deeds exposed, they hate you. But if they would do truth, if they'd be honest then they would confess their sin and repent so that their works could be made wrought in God or worked in God so that they could cast off the works of darkness and their works could now be made manifest in God or worked in God, then that's what they would do. They would be drawn to that light. But if they love darkness rather than light, they are going to hate you with absolutely no reason or for absolutely no reason. So the light is the life. In him was 
life, and the life was the light of men. And if and Jesus said, if you will follow me, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life, a true life that is pleasing to God and obedience to God, producing the character of Jesus Christ, which is the character of God, producing love, joy, peace, faith, goodness, gentleness, humility, self-control, patience, and obedient to God, expelling sin out of your life and, and living a life of righteousness and holiness, being sanctified by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so closing with uh, the scripture I opened with, I said it would wrap back to this. 1 Peter chapter 2, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now the people of God, had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your manner of life honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, you are living a life in obedience to God. And because of that, they're going to hate you. And they're going to talk about you as you're an evildoer. They're going to speak evil against you. And it says that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that may by your good works, by your life wrought in God, by your obedience to God, by your good works, which they shall behold. They're going to see it. Even though they're talking trash about you and running you in the ground and speaking evil against you, you're obedient to God. You have love towards God and love towards your enemy, and you are praying for them, and you are blessing them even though they're cursing you, and you're feeding them when they're hungry and giving them drink when they're thirsty. You're obedient to God. You're operating in love. That light of Christ is going to reflect and shine. They're going to see your good works, which they shall behold and glorify God in the day of visitation. When God decides to have mercy on them, they're going to remember your obedience to God. And even though they talked a lot of trash about you, they're going to remember what you did and how you treated them with love, the love of Jesus. And they may repent in that day that God visits them with mercy. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. It says, Keep your behavior excellent among the unsaved Gentiles. Conduct yourself honorably with graciousness and integrity, so that for whatever reason they may slander you as evildoers. Yet, by observing your good deeds, again, obedience to God, operation of love, they may instead come to glorify God in the day of visitation when he looks upon them with mercy. Amen. Become the light by living out the righteousness of Christ, the life of Christ in you, living through you. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And proclaiming the truth and proclaiming the gospel of Christ to every creature. And in doing so, shine your light. Shine your light. Don't hide it under a bushel. Don't stick it under a bed. 
Do not be a city hid, but shine your light, and the world will see it, and some will be drawn, but some will hate you, because they hated him. But some, they're looking for that light. Do not hide the light. They're looking, they're searching, and they want the light of Jesus Christ in their life. They're hungry for it. In Jesus' name. Well, amen. I have gone way more longer than I have anticipated or expected, but this is the finale of season one. So I guess that's okay. I hope I have held your attention, or you maybe have cut me off several times and restarted, and that is all right. I do the same thing when I listen to podcasts. Uh, but again, I appreciate everyone that has been faithful in. Uh, and allowing me to minister to you through this podcast um, in this season. And I really look forward to next season, which uh, hopefully I will be able to get next season started in uh, maybe two to four weeks. Um, I've really got to figure out everything to, to get the recording back and forth on phone calls and whatnot. I, I want it to be good audio quality. And um, so that's my intention. I believe that's directed from the Lord, and I want to follow through with that. And so I really appreciate everyone that's been faithful and look forward to the future of what the Lord is going to do. So God bless you. And again, may the peace and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be unto you. I love you and appreciate you. In Jesus' mighty name.